Open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Yo, this page is This is the voice of reason. 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 I'm Baby Oprah. Voice of reason. Reason. Voice of reason. What are y'all doing out here tonight? Welcome you guys to another wonderful episode of the Voice of Reason. And to introduce my special guest today, I have Danye Bradley. Danye, would you introduce yourself, please? Yes, I will. Hello, everyone. My name is Danye Bradley. Um, I am currently a campaign manager for an education advocacy nonprofit, um, Project Ready. Um, that's aimed towards um, securing and adding a high-quality education for all our babies across the bricks. So that's what I'm doing. I love it. I'm the mother to a one-year-old that's in the studio right now. Yeah, shout-out to Lyric Love. (laughs) Shout-out to Lyric Love's little studio baby. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's, that's me, mom and servant. Now I want to tell you guys how I met Danye. Um, well, actually, me and Danye knew each other since elementary school. Ooh, I just I had to remind you, you that had to the other day. Me of that. Okay, Danye used to be into the singing thing. We used to be in the talent shows. Ooh, I would yeah. do a dance routine. <laughs> and um, Danye, then you we, you kind of went to another school. But how we reconnected, which is what triggered the topic of um that we're doing today, is. You know, um, Danye, I think I saw you post a picture on Instagram of, like, a flight. Like, you were on a flight going to London. And I think that was the day before I was about to get ready to fly out to France. And I, re- I think you had already announced your pregnancy. Yeah. I didn't announce my pregnancy yet. So we were pregnant at the same time. And I'm like, oh, you're f- you were flying the airline that I was about to take. And I'm really scary when it comes to new airlines. I think it's Aer Lingus. Yeah, Aer Lingus. I yeah. never took Aer Lingus before. Me neither, girl. If you know me, I don't know the word for it, but I'm definitely afraid of flights and flying and all that stuff as much as I fly. So, and I was girl. no, I be out here, but I be up there with my sleeping pills. I be out here, but up there. <laughs> having a whole heart attack or whatever so i reached out to her and she's like i'm going to london and i'm like you know we try to plan to meet um up while we are out there that didn't work out but it gave me so much motivation because it made me think about how much anxiety i had about the fact that i was having a baby not only because it's scary to bring a whole new life in this world but what that meant like as far as my dreams my passion would i be able to do and pursue the things that i were i was already planning to pursue now that i was having a kid and to see someone who was going through the same experiences as me and sis was bought in a flight and still listen, living her life. Listen. And even after we had our daughters, Danye will always reach out to me. Yeah, we'll talk about our daughters, how's motherhood, but it will always be, yo, I'm having this event, or I have this idea that we, me and you need to work on. So just to see that that passion was still there after you had a kid, because we always see, or we all, as women, we always have this idea that after you have a kid, you have to give up you. That is not true at all, man, and thank you for even, I didn't even think about it like that, like, a lot of times when you just living your life, you don't even realize how, you know, it may impact somebody or that somebody is doing differently or, or don't think it's as easy flowing, you know, and don't get me wrong, I had my moments where I was scared and things like that, but um, something I think we'll probably dive a little bit deeper into is, you know, me getting pregnant with my daughter, this is, you know, my second daughter, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I just was like, it made me feel even more freedom mm-hmm. to go out there and get it popping. Like, that was only my second time ever leaving the country. Mm. Um, So that was probably, like, my fourth flight in my whole life, probably. Um, And going over there, I actually was connecting with a mentor of mine who had gotten her book picked up by a publishing company over there. And I connected with her, and I told her, like, listen, I want to – go into PR, I want to go into like helping people with their brands and stuff like that, and she was like, listen, um, come with me over to the UK and just see how things go, and so she forwarded me some emails from her publishing company, and I connected with the publishing people over there, and I'm like, I don't care that I'm pregnant. If I have this opportunity to go and just give myself basically an internship, mm-hmm. that's essentially what I did. Um, that's what I'm going to do because this is something I want to be able to say I had a hand 
you know, and um, not even just this amazing project, but I can say that um, I learned something on a different scale and I pushed myself despite being pregnant because that's what I want my daughter to see. I want, I can't wait for her to see the picture of me standing in front of the University of Cambridge with her in my stomach. Like, yes. I can't wait for her to see that. Yes. that That's, uh, that's so crazy because I can relate to that so much. Um, I had went to pursue my master's and I took a hiatus and honestly I was at a point where it's like bro I ain't going back to school like <laughs> I, I'm like this is dead for that and the moment I found out I was back. pregnant that pushed me to be like absolutely I don't know what this whole, whole motherhood thing is about to be about but one thing I do know is I have to do the things that I always said I would do and make sure I follow through with them I, I can't have up. this child and then use now once the child gets here she's going to become my excuse on why i didn't finish even though i had my excuses as to why i wasn't going to go back before her so that was my symbolic moment was like okay what's going to remind me that i'm i'm the ish still i'm still a boss i'm going to go back and finish my master's now i always you know the number one question people get after you have a kid especially your first kid is like what does it feel like to be a mom and a lot of my friends will attest i was that friend that was supposed to be the aunt that was the aunt that never had any kids <laughs> and that was just gonna go yeah just dropping no first of all I was the one that's supposed to be just dropping by to get your kids Christmas gifts because I got another flight and living a fabulous auntie okay. life but that didn't become my fate and when I get that question like oh my god what does it feel like to be a mom it's so different to see you as a mom I'm like honestly First, I want to know, do you want the basic answer? Because, you know, people ask you, it's beautiful. <laughs> do you it's really wonderful. care or do you really, But really when I care? do give my in-depth answer, it's really for me, what it was for me was like a veil has lifted. Not just in a sense of, um, Corey, what do you want? We're going to keep it real here. I'm sorry. Corey, we're in his studio right now. Do you want me to give your studio a shout out? Or are you guys opening up sessions? What's the This is the stew. We're in a stew right now recording. Shout out to the stew. If you got anybody who's podcasting artists who's looking to have um, to get a session in, reach out. I'll put their information in the bio, too. But where I was was, um, yeah, for me, it was like a veil has lifted, not just a veil of awesome possibilities because it's been that I had a new I have a new level of motivation I got a new level of sense of self and all of that but it was also a veil of a lot of the things that I was suppressing and trying to cover up from myself that life came I had this baby and it was like no now you got to deal you got to deal with all the things about you that you were trying not to deal with that you didn't even know you were dealing with if that makes any sense so I want to know for you, I know you touched on, um, you know, that Lyric is your second child. I want you to kind of talk about the experience of your first kid and what that taught you. Okay, I'm sorry if I seemed a little unengaged. No, it's okay. I know we got a little Lyric. Here, oh. Trying to be a little goat, trying yeah. to chew on a notebook. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep her engaged. But, um, yeah, so um, I'm really transparent about my story, about my first daughter. Um, I never thought that I would experience something like that um so in 2014 um i well 2013 i got pregnant with my first child i was um 21 going on 22 i was in my first year about my sorry my last year of college i was working full-time um and i was i was excited um you know i didn't have any reservations because i said you know what i made it this far and i accomplished some things i haven't accomplished everything but i've survived this far and i've you know, done some things. I think I got this. Um, I just want to touch on that real quick before. That speech is so important. That I think every woman who it finds themselves in a space, no matter what, what the situation is where you're pregnant, that sense of reminder that you got to remind yourself right. of everything you did before because you go into this panic mode, whether you plan for this kid or not, of, bro, am I ready? If, am I built for this? So that speech that you have for yourself where you kind of kind of remind yourself. I had to check myself. I had to say self and self say, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that's what it was. I really had to check myself and say, you know, you did some great things. You're about you to walk it. across the stage and be a first generation college graduate. That, a first time, you know, college graduate. I got this. Yep, the, I got this speech. And so I'm um, going through that. And so being excited. And um, I experienced some things during my pregnancy. Like, it wasn't the most positive, happy experience. Um, but I made the best of it, and I still love the experience. Um, it's a one-of-a-kind experience. Um, 
it can't be replicated out of the, as much as science will try it cannot be replicated um and you know walking across the stage with my daughter she was due the night before I graduated um and then she got my water didn't break so I watched walked across the stage but I said you just couldn't let mommy have her moment like it just had to be about you but okay sis um and you know I walked across the stage with her my water broke and then after she was born um that more well the follow two days after she was born and then she passed away 20 hours after she was born and I had a full-term pregnancy she was actually overdue I didn't have any scares they checked all her hearts I had two autopsies done they couldn't find anything um and you know everything was everything and you know of course we have you know family members that still are like no sue the hospital something happened and you know other family members is like you know it just is what it is and you know no matter which way you go it's, it's not bringing my child back and so at that point my main thing was trying to find peace and sanity of how i can survive without a piece of me here on earth so just going through that and that's all a part of the the grief process and grieving process and um so every day that, you know, I I wanted to express that love that I had built up for this little person. Like when you get pregnant, you it some it happens for some people. I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me, you fall in love with this little person right. that you haven't even seen their face. Not no real features anyway, like little aliens. Over right, there. Like <laughs> they look crazy. But you just you it's this relationship because this person is thriving off of you. Mm-hmm. They're able to survive because you're surviving, and just that connection alone is crazy. So th- all of that love built up. Now where does that go? Not making choices of of delving into different situations that are unhealthy just to try to find a way to release that love or giving that love to the wrong person or through the wrong situations just because I'm trying to find a release. Uh, I think it's so important with this story because I know I think back on when I found I was pregnant, I was always everything that I stressed about was such trivial, dumb, little, unmeaningful thing. Like you're creating a <laughs> life and you'll be thinking about things that's just like, but in 10 years, what if this like, Girl, you know, you're thinking worry like, about now, but you worry about three months. And first, exactly. Then six. And I, I, when I see your story, because I know at the time, you know, you were in college. We went to different schools. I, we weren't we haven't connected in that long. I do remember you having a baby shower, posting the pictures and being full term. And I told you, like, years later, I saw you at Rutgers. And I remember, you know, when you see somebody that you haven't seen in a long time and you think back, OK, what was the last Facebook post I saw them post? And I'm like, oh, yeah, she had a baby. And I thought to mention it, then I remember. Remember, I don't think I saw her post after that or whatever, and that's what kind of raised that flag. And when I look back on my pregnancy, or just I know a lot of people tend to stress about the things that honestly, like when I think back about the things that I stressed about when I was pregnant, and I look like, bro, that don't even matter now. Like I laugh at myself, and um, I know for me, um, I had a friend who every moment, moment from the moment I found I was pregnant to about like the first trimester, I wake up like, okay, yes, I'm gonna do this thing. Then I'm like, bro, are you really going to do this thing? Like, are you? Like, I would have this debate with myself every morning. And I had a friend reach out to me. And, you know, he was just, um, my friend was battling cancer. I already knew that. And I thought he beat it. And he reached out to me like, you know, I don't want you to find out from anybody else. But it came back. And once he told me it came back, like, I had a moment with myself like, bro, you're really over here stressing about, Things and I'm over here not even stressing about the kid or just me, just or what do people think? Things that don't matter when life is involved, whether it's right. creating a life, but it took me to know somebody that was losing life to realize the importance. It's unfortunate that as we're creating life and as we're living life in the moment, we don't have the it's so easy to get so caught up in the wrong things, but it's not until the moment I had to sit with myself like. Not only am I about to lose a friend, but we're the same age. I'm over here allowing Ooh. the stress of, oh, I'm about to create a life. How does it right. look? We're not married. We're not, what do other people are going to think? What do You know, how do I look? Blah, blah, blah. Am I ready? And I'm like, bro, I'm 27, have creating life. And my friend is 27, finding out that his life is over. Right. He has to, like, literally at this point, they were putting him on hospice. And they're just like, okay, there's nothing else we could do. So that was like, I think, a moment that I needed to experience because from that moment on, and we all know pregnancy comes with the mood swings and them high, them hormones. 
I was like, I'm going to enjoy this pregnancy. Because whether I have 10 kids after this, there's no first. This is my first pregnancy. So that's what made me just realize, okay, if I'm having a moody day today, no, it's about to be a good day. Absolutely. I don't care what it is. Yes, because at the end of the day, as much as, you know, you hear it all the time, um, you can't – as. It's, it's a contradiction of the two things you hear. Right. First, you hear, oh, you never are ready for uh, for parenthood. You're right. never truly ready to be a parent. And then on the other side, you hear, well, you need to have this savings and this and this and this and be in this position mm-hmm. in order to have the kid. So you have to find either your, your journey medium or your journey is just your, what it is. Your journey, your journey I have is to just what it listen. is. And you have to be okay with the fact that no matter what, Things are not in your control yes. as much as you want to think that they are. You can make certain choices, and your choices have a, a reaction. Right. Yes, there are certain aspects that you can't control, but the way that things unfold in your life, you really I didn't think I would lose my child. Mm-hmm. I had no control over that, and the fact that science couldn't give me an answer mm-hmm. twice over, you know what I mean, after having an experience like that and that being my first child. The biggest lesson that I walked away from that with is I'm not really in control because I had to watch my daughter slip away mm-hmm. and I couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. There was no medicine. There was no nothing that they that she was responding to. And but it happened over the course of 20 hours. Wow. And as far as, you know, we know she wasn't in any pain. She wasn't in anything, but she just slipped away and there was no control in that. So that I walked away with. I can't control anything, so the next time I get pregnant, instead of me worrying about all of these stresses, whether it's a person, whether it's a job, whether it's a insecurity about yourself that maybe doesn't come up and come up in you until you're pregnant, mm-hmm. things you have to face about yourself when you're saying, "Am I ready to be a parent?" Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like, enjoy that pregnancy. Yeah. Because there's no other feeling like it. You can't replicate that kick. Right. You can't replicate. And the universe is going to work. Oh, you can't replicate that glow. Yes. Oh, you I'm can't put you. on as much Bruh. Mac as you want, sis. If it's not the uncomfortability of just pregnancy itself, I would keep that glow, even Girl. with the belly. Because okay. that glow was something different. But I'm so glad that you touched on that because I think so many women need to know. I needed to know that during my pregnancy. And it's unfortunate that I had to learn it also at the end of my pregnancy because I spent the most, the majority of my pregnancy trying to talk to other mothers. Oh, so how would, first of all, before I even got into how was motherhood, how do you feel about being a mother, I was trying to figure out the delivery process, to be honest. <laughs> because I'm like, bruh, I don't know if I'm about this life, but from what I see in oh, movies and man. TLC, I need to get, I wanted to, I, I, I didn't realize how much I was a control freak until God put me in a position where I had no control. Right. And I was really sitting there like, what? So I'm over here. I mean, at this point, point, how I tried to control my pregnancy was to stay busy throughout the whole pregnancy. I done planned a trip. Of course, I, we're planning the baby shower. You was doing then the I most was doing out here. Masters. I was like, I don't want to, because I can't control what's going on, I want to do things that I could control. Right. So that's what I started to do. And then I reached a point where it was like, okay, it's time to go on maternity leave. I don't have nothing else to do but to sit my feet up and wait. And I started to get anxiety. So I'm reaching out to, first of all, I don't care if you was a random stranger on the bus. If you see me with my belly and you're like, oh, you look beautiful. Oh, your mother, please tell me what your delivery <laughs> process was. <laughs> and literally, it had to have been 100 women I've asked. And then was there, was only, research, there was only one woman who told me, okay, I honestly got into the hospital and had my baby like 30 minutes later. And that was the one woman I was like, okay, girl, get out of my face. You're not telling me <laughs> nothing. You, 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 you clearly you ain't one, it. one in a million. Word. And I get to the hospital the day my, my water didn't even break. I, I was having contract. Well, first of all, I thought it was Braxton Hicks because I was not in any pain. It was literally the feeling of your stomach tightening up and letting go. So I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And my sister, she was, said like, that. My sister she was said like, she thought it was cool. Because I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, so, but at this point, it's happening every three minutes consistently. And my sister was like, bro, you should go to the hospital. And the only thing that made me go was like, my next appointment wasn't until uh, four days afterwards. And I'm like, I want to know how dilated I am. I want to oh have control God. and know. So I was like, yeah, let's go to this free hospital visit and see what's going on or whatever. Get in the car and them contractions went. 
from zeros to 100 real, real quick. quick. Okay? And at this point, it was coming every minute. And I got to the hospital, and of course, I want, I'm not one of these mom- mothers that was punk faking. I wasn't doing the research. Like, I didn't want an epidural. I want to, I'm going to be real. I was scared, okay? <laughs> when people ask me, are you going to get an epidural? <laughs> yes, hunty, okay? I'm not over here. I don't know what contractions feel like, oh, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm, I'm brave enough to feel it or whatever. At least that's your truth. Yes. You was real with yourself. Like, I wasn't even popping shit. Because I'm like, there, I you don't wasn't know. out here like I am not my hair. Exactly. <laughs> so when I got to the hospital, I wanted to like I know I watched enough TLC to know like, bruh, these contractions is coming literally every minute. Right. When are they gonna she have said time TLC. Good night. to give you a, a epidural? But once they checked me, they're like, Oh, you only four centimeters, you'll probably give birth tomorrow, but we're gonna keep you. I'm like, so I'm in pain, like literally stressed out, like Walking around the hospital, and at this point, my water ended up breaking during one of my contractions. Right. She goes and checks me. Great. The white lady says, Katie. Now, when I hear Katie, it's no good news, okay? She was like, in the softest voice, Katie. It's time to push, darling. Honey, this epidural is not going to get here. And mind you, when I got there, they was like, it'll be down in 20 minutes. They was like, no, this baby's ready to come out now. My doctor wasn't even there. I wasn't even prepared. What? Like they, The hospital staff wasn't even prepared. Like The room wasn't ready. We literally just walked in. So my baby came natural literally after two pushes. And that's, I think that was God's way of showing me, okay, let me show you how this works. You, you Every day I prayed for a sign of, okay, how is this mother thing going to work? And I think in that moment, that's when God gave me my sign. This is how it was going to work. It's not going to work for you. You better work with it because that's how life works. Well, not only that, God also said, you got this. You this got is what you, you made yes, for. Right. You thought you was going to come in here and be in control. You thought that you couldn't do it natural mm-hmm. and was like, hootie who, where's <laughs> the drugs? Okay, upon arrival, you didn't even give yourself, you didn't even give yourself a chance. Right. You, you said from the dough, you was yes. like, where's the drugs? Right. And God said, no, you got this. You got this. It's all in your mind how long it's going to be. It's all in your because out of them thousands of women, you had your own experience. Right. And everything, for your experience, you you have every tool that you need for your experience. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So I want to go into furthermore. We talked a lot about what our pregnancy and delivery process was and the lessons we learned through our experiences. Now with the beautiful blessing entering the world, okay? Now I want to say... F you to all the mothers that had all the advice about the breastfeeding, all the advice about the bottles, <laughs> all the advice about the medication, all the advice about the gripe waters, but did not near person give you advice about the emotional roller coaster that follows suit you having the physical being in your arm. And when I say the emotional process, the I think it's not even just about the good or the bad. It's really just about the journey you go through yourself to redefine the woman that you are now. And I went through it bad. I, I, it's crazy because I was going to the doctor, and, you know, they give you every visit. They're giving you these postpartum forms like, how do you feel? Do you want to hurt yo, yourself? Do you, you want to hurt the baby? You did a whole lot in my whole region. And I don't really feel because like I was conscious enough to not to know that. Okay, I don't think I have postpartum depression because I don't want to hurt myself, nor do I want to hurt my child. Uh, and I'm not about to check this car. And next thing you know, social services is popping up, up with a straight jacket. <laughs> but bruh, I want to talk to somebody because since I'm waking up crying for no reason, or I'm having anxiety, not even about anything wrong going on in my life, but just about the fact that I have this human being every day is a new experience and I want to know if I'm normal right now I don't feel normal I'm not used to I reached a point in my life pre Arlie where it was like whether it was good happening in my life or not I felt in control right every bad I had control over but now it's like every day is something new and even if it's not something new the new day makes it feel like it's something new absolutely so I I took it upon myself to even go see a therapist and the therapist literally looked me in my eye and was like as I'm like just telling them everything that I was, like, stressed about. And I wasn't really stressed. I was just telling them, look, I'm a new mom, and I am I have anxiety. And it was like, so you're having anxiety over something that a, a billion women in the earth are going through, and everyone is in the same. What are you afraid of? Like, and I was so pissed. What's like, the tea? First of all, <laughs> the tea was I didn't give the, I didn't pay my copay for that visit because uh, he pissed me <laughs> off. Okay, because in that With moment, that basic answer. In that moment, I didn't want to feel normal. I went in there like I want you to tell me what's wrong with me, and he left out like, "Bruh, nothing is wrong, wrong with, with you. you. You're normal." And 
that was the first veil that lifted for me as far as becoming a mother where it's like it took that to help me realize not just to, to help me realize the things that I needed to know as with being a mother but the things that I was supposed to know in life period that I think my child had to teach me whereas one not having control and two knowing that everything you have to deal with life as it comes and you have to be confident enough to know that you have all the sources or the resources that you need to tackle those obstacles as they come. So I want to know for you, what was the first veil that lifted for you, if you could remember? Um, I think that it took having lyrics mm-hmm. to remind me that I am, I'm worthy of the type of love that a child is willing to give you. Mm. Mm. I really feel like that's that's, that's because I remember when when Lyric came out. We even had like pictures when Lyric came out. I was just bawling, crying, and like shout out to my doctor, Doctor Pemberton. Shout out to the the whole black team. Like my whole team was in there, mad melanated. <laughs> um, Doctor Pemberton smooth tapped me and was like, um, "Excuse me, grab your child. Like she's here. Like that's how she was getting Like she's here." And I grabbed it and I'm just bawling, crying, and Lyric is just on my chest looking at me like what's up (laughs) and she's just calm as ever and that alone for me the fact that all this was going on she just went through a wild journey (laughs) you don't know what you don't know what that experience is like you don't remember it it's not in your memory brink but it gotta be crazy right coming into the world she just went through all of that and she's just chilling and i'm just bawling crying because i'm looking at her and i see all the love in her face Mm -hmm. i see all of the my fiance's love shout out to my baby i love you um all my fiance's love in her face and i was like yo i'm worthy of everything that's happening in this room right now i'm mm. worthy of a fiance standing next to me with a ring on my finger i'm worth my doula my sister tyler that was in the room i'm worth you know um even though i didn't have the best relationship with my mom mm-hmm. i'm worth having a mom in the room for that moment mm-hmm. you know what i mean so um that's what it was for me and I think that from that moment, that's when I truly started to accept the concept of a new family. Because mm. I felt like if I didn't go into it, like, fully appreciating that, I could be, you know, and it's not to say that it may not happen ever. I don't want it to ever happen. But I may take my fiance's love for granted right, if absolutely. I never really, you know, took in how grateful I am for her to give back that love. Right. You know what I mean? That validation that I deserve that. So, yeah, that's what that, you know, that, that first bell. That first bell was like the moment she tumbled out, like two pushes, went to the doctor. They telling me I'm going to come out with an eight pound baby and then um, come out two pushes. She tumbled out this little ball, this little tennis mm-hmm. ball and just looking at her being calm. And she's like, mommy, I love you. And you <laughs> yeah, got this. So many words. Yeah. You, in so many words. I love you. And you got this. Wow. That's amazing. You know what? Um it makes me think of and what I also want to touch on is like where um, sometimes like for me becoming a mother also kind of introduced and lifted a veil where it's like now you got to deal with a lot of childhood trauma and childhood insecurities that was embedded in you as as a child and I realized a lot of my anxiety stemmed from what I suffered from and it wasn't necessarily my child's experience and the veil lifting moment was for me was to learning how to, was me having to learn and understand that I had to detach that to understand that my child's experience of life is supposed to be her own and uh, my job as her mom is to support her through there and give her any any form of support or you know resources that she, that she wouldn't as she go through her journey exactly so I know with me it was like I have these anxieties where it's like even something as simple as like, yo, I need to I want to be successful because I want my child to be able to be like these successful white families. Where it's like you you grew up seeing your mom be her own CEO or her dad have her own business. So this grind that we had to go through with being the first and being the ones that had to figure out as it go and the the emotional trauma that comes with that. I think to myself, I don't want my child to experience that. I don't want my child to be in college or even want to have dreams and not know how to pursue them because she never had anyone before her show her how to go about that. So I think about these trauma, I think about these things, and I start to overthink. And 
I get stressed out about the fact that I don't want my child to experience that. But the reality of the situation is that life and God has it instilled where we become, our character is developed through our obstacles. So in order for your child to really experience life for what it is, that God has a certain set of obstacles designed for them to go through life. And there's no you beating that. And as a mother, that's like a mm, moment that you got to, you get so Lucky upset, but it's a reality that you have to suck up. Like, oh, you know what? She has her own journey. Just like a lot of the things when people, when I tell some of the, when I tell people the things that I went through growing up, but just like having a mom not being raised with my mother because she was deported at a young age and me and my sisters having to be raised by a male, my father. And the traumas and the struggles that we had with that. Shout out to my dad. He passed away. But I love him to death. And to me, it was like, bro, this is what made me everything that I am now. This doesn't make me sad. But have my if my daughter had to experience something like that, the thought of it alone gives me so much heartbreak. So I think that's a veil-lifting moment. What is something, I guess, about your childhood, something that you know is something that you're specifically suffering from that you have to stop yourself from projecting onto your child? Um... I think that that's a hard question for me because that's a question that I asked myself early on because I never really had the best relationship with my mother as far as, like, just social relationships. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, ma, how you doing? What's up? Like, I never really had the best of that. And if it was good, it wasn't good for too long. Like, person. Um so I asked myself that early because I always wanted to strive to have a positive relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. So like my teenage years, I would ask myself, you know, um, I, I just would have to take it, whether it came in the form of um, verbally just saying some, some stuff that you should not be saying to your kid. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and in some black communities, it's seen as like, it's cool to talk to your kid like, yeah. in, in Cur- a crazy oh, way, yeah. like an adult. Yeah. And it's not, it's not okay. It's, it's, it, it, your child internalizes that. Absolutely. Um, and so, thank God I didn't internalize it in the way that I expressed it um, in a negative way, but I internalized it like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, and so, for me, when I got to my 20s, I started to ask that question because I, I know for a fact no one is the way that they present themselves for no reason. Even our parents experience things that we will never know about mm-hmm. because we're their, we're their child. Um, and there's things that we shouldn't know about because it ain't our damn business. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's those things and it's those experiences sometimes that our parents will never talk about that shape the relationships that we have with them. And so um, with that being the case with my mother, I'm like, you know, why is she this way, at, uh, you know, combative or, you know, things like that? Like, why is it like this? Why mm-hmm. is this dynamic like this? And then when I started to look at that, I was like, you know what? I cannot allow myself to internalize one either that that way of being in general like as far as relating to my daughter and connecting with my daughter but I also can't allow what that made me feel like to impact my relationship with my daughter and how I treat her and that how I raise her Mm -hmm. because sometimes you can spend your time trying to run away from from being the person that you're trying not to be that That you you end up up being that person you run right into the being that person absolutely and so I'm like no I don't want to get to a point where I'm super overprotective of her Mm -hmm. or that I'm too lax Mm -hmm. or that so you know what I mean you 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 weigh those things and those things are weighed based on my own experience and so because I didn't have the best social relationship, I don't want to be, like, overbearing where it's like, ma, this is not even your business. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and kind of got to get checked by her dad or by her <laughs> at some point. You know, um, I don't want to do that. So I think that's what it was for me was looking at my mother-daughter relationship with me being a daughter myself and looking at how I can break the cycles of negative um, interactions that occur that create the relationship with a mother and daughter. I want my daughter to feel open and free to come to me about different things. I want to create an openness with her that I didn't have. So how do I do that? And the best way for me to do that is to evaluate my relationship with my own mother and make sure I don't have anything that I'm carrying over and making it a generational thing. Wow. That's, that's, That's deep because 
it makes me think of like a aha moment I had where me and my sisters we were talking to my mom, and you know not that we're all adults, so you know my you know you get to your parents start to open up a little bit a little bit more things that you didn't look at that way as a kid. So with my mom, she would say a lot of the things that you know when she was here before she got deported. She struggled with my dad with, like, you know, your dad, I will always have to do everything. He didn't, like, I used to buy all y'all school clothes. I used to do it. And she was so, like, she was saying, like, you know, how angry she used to be about that. And I remember thinking to myself, like, girl, well, not even to myself. We told her, like, oh, girl, that's your business. It, it never shifted what my experience was with my dad. And it didn't mean anything to me. Right. I didn't care that my daddy wasn't the one buying the school clothes. Right, I right. rocked from everybody who knows me. Now, and even from childhood, my dad was my right hand man my I yes he was my rock and I even aspired to be that way that's why I'm probably known to be the aggressive manly no I, I wasn't the chick that was like oh, I want to be my mom like my mom the girly no I wanted to be like the dudes like and my dad is the one who was that image for me to kind of want to step foot forward and the aha moment was I know a lot of the things that I had to I struggled with with even my daughter's father we have a close relationship we're like best friends but I, I started to realize that I used to project, I used to want so much control over how I wanted our situation to be, where it was like, no, you got to be this way or you're not being the the father figure I want you to be. And I had to realize, first of all, sis, he ain't your father. He's your daughter's father. And That's you see it. you see that bright smile every time she see her daddy? That's you see how, how close... Mind your business. I had to tell myself <laughs> that. Just step your way out. And I, I realize I have a lot of these conversations with my friends when it's like, yo, don't ever sacrifice. One thing my mom never did, the reason why I didn't understand that her and my dad's situation was like that, where the things that she was angry about, I'm like, bro, why didn't I see that as a kid? Because she never allowed that to get in the way of the relationship I was supposed to have with my dad. And I think a lot of times as women, we get so caught up in, Things having to be a certain way. Why? Because I know for me, I struggled with the fact was my mom and dad were married. And even though at the time where I found I was pregnant, I wasn't too pressed. Like, I want to find a man to get married, to have a kid. To the, I wasn't I wasn't pressed about that. But it wasn't until I had a kid where it's like, this is foreign to me. I grew up in a household where my parents were married. And I'm having a kid with someone that we're not married. And now this makes me feel like everything is all wrong. And I had to realize, like, once again, the experiences that you have has nothing to do with the experiences that God has aligned for your kid. And granted, well, um, I was I think back on Red Table Talk with Jada uh, Pickens Smith said to me, as a mother, you have to accept the fact that one day your kids will get older and they will say something that you did or something. Some part of their life experience is the reason why they have some sort of negative that cause maybe some type of negative rift in their life. We have to accept that. Absolutely. Whether it is you was too overbearing or maybe you was a single mother or they grew up with a father. This, like something of their life that has to do with you is going to contribute to something that caused them to struggle but ultimately caused them to become the person that they needed to be. Right. And I think as a woman, that's what we have to understand. Because I, I remember a lot of me not being a – I struggle with being an emotional person, ex expressing my affection. And I grew up in a household being African where – you don't necessarily got that I love you. You just right. knew. Since you got a roof over your head, that should be enough to let you know I love you. But I didn't grow up in a household, especially with my parents being first-generation Americans, the things that we struggled with as kids, my parents didn't understand because they didn't have that experience. Right. But they also didn't acknowledge it. Right. It was like, you got to be this way. But you're not acknowledging that, oh, you can't have no boyfriend, but you're not acknowledging we live in a culture where – Everybody got a boyfriend. Every so right. I, I'm over here feeling left out with my friends. So it's like a lot of our experiences. I don't care about your friends. Then we wasn't even allowed to say that. It our experience wasn't acknowledged. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't thought of. It wasn't even thought of as a thing. As far as they knew, you're a kid. You have a roof over your over your head. That should be enough. That should be enough for you to be happy. So because of that, my biggest anxiety with my child is emotional health. Right. I think about the fact that, yo, I don't even care. If my child's 65 and I'm 95, I don't care. That baby is my baby. Right. I don't, I be thinking, like, I don't know how parents sit back and be seeing their child go through heartbreak and be like, she got, what? Uh, emotional how, health. How, how do you do Emotional that? health is so important, but it's also an anxiety that I have because that's something I suffer with. I didn't have a, a outlet as far as expressing the things that was going on with me emotionally. 
So I start to overthink that with my child. Like, let me make her life this way so she doesn't suffer from lack of confidence. Or let me make her this way so she is always happy and able to pursue her passions. And I have to realize, first of all, baby girl is one. Thank you. Who told you that that's going to be her experience? Emotional health was your struggle that God embedded in your life to make you the woman that you are, to have the consciousness that you have now. To even speak from, like, what people don't realize, everyone said, oh, Kati, you give great advice, or baby Oprah, yes, you come with the jewels. These jewels come from me having to figure them out for myself because I didn't know, I didn't have a, a household or environment where I was allowed to, Figure that, express myself or even know how to. You right. know what I'm saying? So these jewels came from me talking to myself, literally. <laughs> anybody who know me, no, I was queen w- randomly in my corner whispering to myself, having a me conversation with me. So, but that, w- and ultimately it led to me having this podcast. It ultimately it led me to realize that, oh, this is my purpose and this is what I'm good at. So God is going to do some things in my child's life to make them, and it's going to derive from struggle. Right. It's going to derive some, with some type of, encounter that they having with themselves and yeah it's gonna have to do with their experience and you being their mom you're a part of their experience but it don't mean that you have control of it you're just a part of it that's it our job like i know i have a lot to learn about being a parent mm-hmm. um i'm getting the second opportunity to be a mommy mm. you know what i mean not just a mother giving birth but to be a mommy mm-hmm. and i feel like one of the biggest things i walk away with that that i feel like i've learned is that a big part of my job is guidance. She's going to have her own journey that's going to, even if she has similar experiences like I had, it's going to unfold in its own way for her life. Mm-hmm. And my job is to just be a, a sense of support, um, a resource for her, and a guide for her to say, this is what happened to me when I was in a similar situation, and this is what I would do if I were in that situation again. Mm. And allow her to use her own experience and trust that I instilled in her what I needed to as a parent, and her dad instilled in her what he needed to, mm-hmm. that she would make the best decision. Right. So I feel like that's where the emotional health comes in at. Right. It's allowing that freedom to develop yourself, to develop your own decision. Right. Oh, and you know, you know what? It, just to tap on that, I think what this, what being able to let go and give that guidance, the reason why we struggle with that is because mothers necessarily are put in a position where they felt like being a mother means you have to know it all right. in regards to mothering. Like I know one thing: when I became a mother, I can't, I, I struggle with the fact that people always just wanted to tell you everything you were supposed to know. Oh, why are you not doing it this way? Why are you not? And it made me feel like I something was wrong with me when I didn't know something. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it made me struggle with also expressing the fact that I didn't know. Or, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like because we put ourselves in our position, maybe our environment puts us in a position where we're supposed to know it all, then you get a little ahead of yourself. Right. Yeah, you might need to know how to feed your kid. But that don't mean you need to be thinking you need to know where they're supposed to be at 15 and how they're supposed to think and what you, what you need to protect them from. You don't know. Let's just go through life first to know what you got to protect them from. Right. Don't think that you're supposed to be the person. to you, You're not the end-all, be-all. You're like, not shaping their experience. Absolutely. Life is shaping their experience. Mm. And you just there as a That's part a of it. Say that again. You're not shaping their experience. Life is shaping their experience. And you're just along for the ride. Absolutely. The same way you had your life, the same way they even came into being. You making a decision to be with a person, you being pregnant, they're born, they didn't ask to be here. It was your journey that brought them here. So it's the same thing for them. They're on their own journey and we just along for the ride. We're here to be a resource and to tap into all of the things that we've experienced um trust that whatever we instilled in them will manifest itself when it's time for them to put you know put it into action and or into decision making mm-hmm. and be an ear for them and also keep it real with them absolutely keep it real with them be that source that's able to check them before the world does mm-hmm. be that sense of security but do it in a way that's not judgmental so they don't feel beat up on but they know they're going to get the real right so being that open space that allows for them to just grow and develop and be beautiful and i and I, I know it's easier said than done like having lyric you know I just want to hold on. I'm like, stop growing. Just mm-hmm. stop. I just want you to be my little baby forever. Like, experiencing all the things that I have. She's crawling right now, trying to just get you really through the studio. Her and I'm holding her tight. I'm holding her for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want them to grow. I think for me, is like one thing that helps me, because I'm still struggling with 
my 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 anxiety of feeling like I need to control everything. And the way I realized that I can control things is by learning that my the idea of mothering is teaching your child the sources they have within themselves, not being their source. At some point, as much as, like, I know with my mom, she was in a position where she, I hear a lot of mothers saying this, like, I don't care. My baby knows she always got me. It don't matter what's going down. My baby always got me, and my mom was the, one of those people. She was always do it for herself. Even though she had a whole husband in the house, she was just always big on being independent and doing it for herself, and never in a million years did we ever think that one day she would just go to work and get deported and not be with her kids for 14 years. And for 14 years, no, all we didn't have was just you. You was put in a position where your kids couldn't just have you. But one thing that my mom did, did do, what she wasn't conscious of, my mom, her experiences and just who we were taught us that everything that we need is within us. And teaching, your, making sure your kids are aware of that and not making your kids so dependent on you that whether you, you're, you're getting deported one day or some tra traumatic situation happened, how we would life, like for any mother, I would want my child to bury me before I bury her. So the reality of the matter is that one day, yes, my child is going to have to live without me. Because if I have it my way, God willing, I would want my child to bury me and me not have to bury her. Oh, hold on, baby lyrics is crying. Oh, is she okay? Oh, make sure she's okay. Um, I'll continue speaking with y'all. She's just checking on lyric. Um, yeah, just to know that because that reality of the fact that one day you might have to leave your kid you want and I don't care if your kid might be in their 30s 40s 50s 60 as a mother your baby is always your baby so you want to make sure that you not only instill in them the things that you can teach them but also teach them to instill in them that anything that they need to know about themselves and learn about themselves is within them and have the ability to tap into themselves and check themselves so I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in on this episode. Uh, Danye had to step out, but I will have her Instagram information um, in the bio. This was uh, this episode was very touching for me, and I know it was touching for her because I know there's a lot of mothers out there that's going through the experience, whether it's your first time, your second time, but I'm sure every time feels like the first time. And motherhood for women, I would say, is one of those experiences that teach you about yourself. And I, I just want to leave you off with something that I learned where it's like, I had to learn that just because you're going through the new a new phase of life, whatever that may be, specifically, I'm speaking on motherhood, but this could be applied to anything Remember that you don't drop the baggage of everything else that you learned along the way just because you're on your way to a new destination. I had to be reminded by so many people and myself that why are you how dare you have anxiety about being a mom? Since you stood in classroom and wrote 20 page papers on topics you gave two fucks about. You did you worked 15 hours a day at a job that you gave two fucks about. That shit is difficult. So when people describe motherhood as difficult, I'm always appalled because it's like, bruh, this don't feel difficult compared to the things that I have done, okay? I've experienced from first requirement to getting through college as a first-generation graduate, coming in as an EOF student, failing remedial classes. My bad, y'all. Baby girl had a little situation. <laughs> but, um, you know, going through college, getting through that, getting my own first apartment, Preaching. getting my first job while I was still in college, doing all those things, not feeling like you bragging, but acknowledging. I feel like, like that's another I did thing. This, I did this. I think that there's a thing, I don't know. I guess it's the opposite of what happens on social media when you are just celebrating your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I I used to get a lot of response of, Danye, you're braggadocious or things wow. like that. Um, and, you know, it would be from people that's close to me. Mm. So I took inventory of that. Like, Danye, I'm not perfect. And I took inventory of that, and I, I, I receded a whole bunch. So I stopped sharing almost anything mm. and it would come through i would put a post up maybe every couple and it's about my family or my daughter i didn't really and even now to this day that's something i struggle with is just accepting the thank yous or the good job yeah or the, yeah and I, it's still hard for me to you know accept that because i was getting that type of response mm -hmm. but acknowledging the things that you did because can't nobody celebrate you the way you should and nobody is going to celebrate you the way you should because 
no one's is going to celebrate you the way you could because it's just like those things that you go through in life is meant to be your own form your own i guess glossary or encyclopedia or your go-to manual whenever you go through life and are experiencing new phases and motherhood is just a part of that journey it's not the journey you get to and you you forget everything that you are already and if you got that far, trust me, every everything that you need is already within you. Danye, I want you to drop some last-minute jewels and your social media handles so we can leave them off on a good note. All right, so my IG handle is D-O-N, as in Nancy, Y-E-A, dot Monet, M-O-N, as in Nancy, A-E. Um, and I think that I would just leave people with two things, one personal, well, both personal, actually, one of which is um, do not underestimate yourself and your abilities, no matter where you are in life. Mm-hmm. There are people sitting in their basements making millions of dollars. Absolutely. The sky is not the limit. There is a whole universe. There's a whole galaxy. There's a whole, you know, even beyond that, there are holes of spaces that we can't even define yet. So, no. Please don't ever think that whatever you are, whether you unemployed, whether you homeless, whether you a single mother, whether you got bad credit, whether you got good credit, credit, wherever you at. Your journey is designed for you. Your journey is designed designed for for you. you, And it will manifest itself to be great as long as you know that you are doing the right things by yourself and you're doing the right things by the people that love you and that pour into you. And, ooh, I'm glad you tapped on that because intuition. I'm, what I'm going to leave you off, uh, guys off with is intuition. I know we speak about intuition so loosely, the female intuition. And a lot of times it's associated with if you know a man ain't right for you or if you know your man is cheating on you. Listen, that's good and all to use your intuition for that. But honestly, that's wasting that God-given source because your intuition is not just associated in judging character and judging people. It's used to guide you through life and especially during motherhood. A lot of the things that you need to know is within you. The moment motherhood becomes difficult, if it is difficult, is when you start to use find sources outside. Right. Whether it's through other people's perception, whether it's through society's perception, whether you're trying to do it for someone else, whether you're trying to mother while trying to live up to an image. Yeah, that's that shit gets difficult. But when you're tapping into yourself and you're using your own t- intuition to guide you, ain't nothing difficult about it because even the obstacles work out in the greater picture so absolutely and it's hard to raise a kid it's hard to raise a kid we're not saying that is 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 101 course you right i mean we're not saying is it's like that but we are saying that you're made for it you're made for it you're made you're for made it. for it. and as long as you know the ideals that you want to instill in your child you and that and you let that lead you and you're putting them first and doing best by them you're absolutely fine absolutely Thank you guys so much for tuning in on another episode of The, the Voice of Reason. And Bye, baby Oprah. Bye, girl. Thank you, Danye, for stopping by. <laughs>